Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back in on Gabe Kuncho, 92.9 FM ESPN. And now it is time to hop on, talk a little bit of Tiger basketball as they take on ECU tonight in Greenville. Jason Munz joins the show at Munsley on X. He's a Tiger basketball beat reporter for the commercial appeal. Jason, how's it going? Gabe, it is going well. It's a nice day in the old North State. Uh, I uh, hit up a couple of record stores a little bit earlier. And uh, uh, sorry, state records and school kids records. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I'm feeling good. What is, it, what, is your, what is your collection looking like at this point? How many records do you have? Well, I, would, I don't know. Three, four hundred. It's getting up there. Uh, like this season, uh, it's been it's been crazy this season because there's probably I don't know there's probably a dozen or more that I haven't even listened to yet just because it's so busy. But uh, I just picked up three more uh, records. I, I got um, if you remember in excess they they, yes. uh, they did they did the song called Devil Inside and I found a used uh, a copy of that like single like with that song and a remix and a b-side and then um uh i got a uh the, the last album that jawbox put out back in 96 and then i also got this i don't know i walked up to the counter and i said i said do you have a local section a section of local music because you remember a few weeks ago i was coming from philadelphia and i got some local stuff there and uh uh i'm kind of on that kick now wherever i go i want to get something local and they said yeah we we just uh, got in a batch of poor uh, punk music called, um, uh, the band is called Public Acid. I said, all right, oh. let's go. Give it to me. Public Acid. There we go. Nice. Are you, so you're not yeah. familiar with them. You haven't been able to listen to it. But that will be on, on your... Uh... Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't want to listen to it until I actually get I got you. in front of uh, in front of my in front of my stereo. So. I got you. I got you. Now, um, how should we feel about this game tonight? It was funny. I was talking to my uh, dad before I uh, got in here and did the pre-show meeting with Connor and everything else. 
And he goes, oh, you know, Tigers should be able to handle business against East Carolina. And I go, you know what? Like, for you to say that, you have to understand they have lost games like this. They wouldn't be in the position that they are in right this second if they were not capable of dropping games like this. So how should we feel? How do you feel about this game tonight? Well, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And the fact that this is, I mean, like, this is always kind of a difficult place to play. I, mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's, like, as difficult as New Orleans has been in recent memory and, and not even just recent memory, but always. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I, I think I want to say the last time Memphis was here was the game where Josh Minot got ejected for leaving the bench during a, during a, a little scuffle. And I don't think they, I can't remember. I think they may have lost that game. Um, mm-hmm. that was, I think that was the debut of Tadarius Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, who's now at Alabama right. state, uh, finishing, finishing the game with him on the floor as a walk on. But, uh, but all that being said, I look personally. I look at Sunday's game against UAB as a little bit more of a trap game than this one. Yep. Um, I don't just because it's the one before the last game of the year. It's the one before they get a week to prepare for FAU. It's 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 UAB, which I think is probably a worse matchup for Memphis. Um, but this game here is, could be very tricky. Like. Uh, I, I did some I did some research leading up to it, and uh, they've had eight conference games at home so far this season, and they have not allowed more than seventy five points to an opponent at home in conference play. So that kind of worries, and they've you know they've played some some of the better teams. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Although it sort of counter my own little factoid there, uh, Memphis. Since conference play began, in true road games, uh, is averaging 84 points a game. So something's got to give. Yeah, no question about it. Now, this past week, um, 24-point win over Charlotte, 4-point win over Florida Atlantic. What has changed? Like, and I know it's easy to say, oh, well, they, you know, they seem to be meshing a, a little bit better. We saw them, you know, you know, all show up to the Penny Hardaway radio show. But on the floor... Scheme-wise, what have you seen? What have been the biggest differences? So Penny said that he, I mean, you know, we, we, we take him for his word. He says that he has started, like, scripting the game beginning to end pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. giving, giving the team, you know, a handful of plays and saying, here's what we're going to do here, here's what we're going to do here, here's what we're going to do here. And they're actually doing it. And I think that, you know, like, that, that seems to make sense to me that, I mean, like, he has said this over and over again for years, that his teams don't really listen to him very much. Like, they, they say his teams give him his, – his teams say that he gives them freedom, and that's part of the reason why they come here, because they have a ton of freedom on the floor. And, and a lot of that is true. He even admitted just the other day that, that like, you don't necessarily want to try to rein in a David Jones. Right. You don't want to – turn to your point guard and say, no, you should be doing this, 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 and this. You, you kind of, if you do that, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're, you're stealing the very thing that makes your point guard feel like they're in charge when they're on the floor. And if your point guard doesn't feel like they're in charge on the floor, well, then you got a problem. So um, it gives them a lot of leeway, but it seems like we've 
finally hit a point where there's this synergy between coach and players and team where, you know, they're okay with him. They're, they're, they're totally good with him, um, you know, dictating more. And he is, he is, he is dictating more. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I can think of that I can point toward. Um, maybe something else is just that I think truth, truth, like truth is Naquan Tomlin is starting to play better. hundred like, percent. He is starting, he is starting to come into his own. He's finally, it feels like he's finally comfortable and it feels like everybody else is finally comfortable with him. And it shouldn't come as any shock that it took a while. I mean, you know, yeah, he knew JQ a little bit because they worked out for the Bucks this summer, and they're from kind of the same area of the country. And uh, he played against Jalen Young once in junior college. <laughs> uh, but, like, he didn't know these guys, and they didn't know him. So, um, yeah, I think, I think there's some of that, too. Uh, I wrote, a, I wrote a, a, a feature, a sort of a deep dive into uh, Naquan Tomlin's backstory that published yeah. over at commercialappeal.com today. And um, it's just, it's really fun to see uh, him sort of kicking it into gear at the right time, uh, knowing knowing everything that he's been through. Yeah, now, now holler at us about a couple of, I know that he didn't play uh, basketball in high school and he had to go the JUCO route, but but what did you learn from from doing that piece? Obviously, we, we want people to get over there and subscribe and, and go go look at it. Um, and, and, and give yeah. it a read. But but what did you learn that you didn't already know? Yeah, so no, no high school uh, basketball, no AAU basketball. Um, really, the, the, the most interesting thing to me about the entire – there's a couple of interesting things. First of all, uh, his academics were the reason why he couldn't get on the floor in high school. And he worked very closely with his high school principal, who I talked to, um, but it wasn't enough. Like, she, she – tried to help him and uh, he still couldn't quite get to the benchmarks that he needed to, to be able to get eligible. And I talked to her about it. She was like, you know, I I still feel guilty. that Mm -hmm. She's like, I questioned whether or not I did enough. Could I have done more to get Naquan Tomlin eligible to play basketball? Because here's a guy who's, who's this supreme talent. And I feel guilty that I sort of stood, that maybe I stood in his way or maybe I, didn't do enough to, to push him to get to where he needed to be. I thought that was really interesting for her to, to sort of admit that on the record. And then the other thing was he, he always carried around this basketball, this old faded orange basketball. And uh, one day he had it taken away from him by the, by the principal uh, because he wouldn't stop dribbling it up and down the hallway <laughs> of the school. Right. And it wasn't I, – I find it to be just like a prime example of – just it's dripping with irony to me that as long as he had that basketball in his hand, cause he never went anywhere without it. He, he, he wasn't going to make it. He wasn't getting anywhere, even though he had this basketball and, he, and it was like his prized possession. He wasn't getting anywhere with basketball. And then as soon as he had it taken away from him and they still have it, they actually, right. the school still has that basketball on a desk somewhere. They sent me a picture of it. Um, it wasn't until the ball was taken away from him that he was like it unlocked his potential, which 
I don't know. I felt, I felt pretty bad. That's a, that's a big lesson, though. You don't you don't you don't know what you have until it's gone, until it's ripped from you. Yeah. And, I, and I and I completely understand that. But he has been phenomenal lately. He has been so good. Oh. And like the DeAndre Williams comps uh, with with I mean, he played the three against Charlotte. He had to play the five because of the Malcolm Dandridge situation in that game against Florida Atlantic. He can do everything you could potentially ask a player to do on the floor. Um, now, he's had some inconsistencies. He's fouled a little bit too much this year, um, but he seems to be getting that under control. But when we make those like comparisons DeAndre Williams to DeAndre Williams, how apt do you think those are? Like, Do you think that those are fair? I think they're spot on, honestly. Um, like, I think what we're seeing out of Naquan Tomlin, what everybody is seeing out of Naquan Tomlin this last week is really sort of the manifestation of what, people behind the scenes, people were telling me uh, was, you know, like that, that they saw behind the scenes as soon as he got on campus. Um, you know, like he, he was impressing people, like people in the building and the program were licking their chops when they, when he got here right? or he ever played the game and they were salivating uh, over the potential. And, you know, I've heard more than once. Um, dating all the way back to December, that that he is he is DeAndre Williams like, but more athletic. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody ever accused DeAndre Williams of being the most athletic guy, but like he was so crafty and he he he, he still was very athletic. But it just Naquan Tomlin is so much more fluid and so much more explosive. I think right. Um, and, and you know, but he comes with all that other stuff too. He comes with the ability to uh, block shots and rebound. He comes with the ability to shoot the three ball. He comes with the ability to to finish with these unorthodox uh, moves that def- defenders just have a, a very difficult time, uh, you know, dealing with. So, yes, I I, I think that what Saquon uh, Tomlin is is. You know, I'm not going to say like the reincarnation of right. of, uh, of DeAndre Williams, but but no, it's totally worth it. He's 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 doing he, he the, the, what he's doing is what they is why Penny and everybody else was trying to get DeAndre Williams back for. Like that's now what Naquan Tomlin is doing. Yeah, no question. Now talking with. Jason Munns, he is the Tiger Basketball Beat reporter for the Commercial Appeal. He's on X at Munsley. Now, uh, talk to me about Penny's positivity around getting an at-large bid. He said uh, he has said on multiple occasions now um, in the past week or so that, you know, if they keep winning and they keep winning the way they, they are winning at this moment, um, they could uh, get the committee to change their mind, get the committee to say, oh, well, Memphis is back. <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but what do you think the likelihood is of that potentially being the case? If they sort of run out and, and win the rest of their regular season games, including that, that quad one opportunity at FAU, win a couple of games in the tournament, get to a championship game, like what do you think that ha- – is there a way into the tournament without winning the AAC tournament title? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. I mean, now if we're if we're talking about just the regular season, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win these next three games by like fifteen twenty apiece, right? Um, and, and and you're gonna have to get like a lot of help, um, and and you know, so a lot of the, uh, this discussion also, I think, uh, you know, we should also 
you know, talk about whether or not does that mean that they get the double bye or do they have to do they get to the championship game playing three games or two games? Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like I think that's part of it too. But you know, it's like let's say they get to the championship game and they've won. That means they've won their next six games with no double bye. Because I still think that's going to be tough to get that double bye. Even if they win out, I think it's going to be tough. Um, not out of the question, but still, uh, still, still kind of relatively a long shot. But anyway, so no double bye. They get to the championship game. That means what are they today? They're twenty and eight. That means they're twenty six. That's twenty six wins. And you're talking about potentially as many as four or five quad one wins. Mm-hmm. Um, that means you will be on. That will. That means you will have won what uh, six, seven, eight, eight out of your last nine games. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think that that's uh, outside of the realm of possibility. Now, if you if you don't get to the championship game, then I think you're gonna. I think you're talking about really sweating it like really sweating and probably going to be on the wrong end of it. Yeah, it sounds like you're um, toast, though, for the most part, if you don't make it to the championship game. Yeah. Because I, I do think there's like, something to be said about playing late into the weekend and, and the yeah. committee seeing you play. Yeah, like the last thing you see is, you know, before you go in on Selection Sunday, because it's too late. The, the, the championship game on Sunday is, is pretty much meaningless, honestly, unless you unless you need it to get a right. uh, an auto bid. bid. Uh yeah, so like, you know, but yes, to your point, there's something to be said for winning on Saturday, winning every game up until Saturday, and that's kind of sort of the last thing that's on the committee's mind when Memphis uh, comes across the de- you know the table um, uh-huh. or is put up on the whiteboard or however they do it, um, you know. But so to you know, they're they're 79 in the net today. Uh, they got one more quad one opportunity. And, you know, let's say they beat every the next three opponents by 15 or more points. Like, I could see them getting close to that 60 line in the net going into the conference tournament. And to me, that's you're, – you're getting real close, I think, at mm-hmm. that point. But, you know, that's, that means you've got to dominate these next three games. And I don't know if they're – we'll see. I mean, that's hard to predict. Yeah, now I am. I have been wrecking my brain on this. How many bids do you think the American Athletic Conference is going to have? FAU is the team that's in uh, South Florida. Most people are putting them as as the auto bid in their bracketology because they uh, clinched the number one spot for the regular season in the American Athletic. But like, what, what, like, how many bids do you think they have at this moment? I uh, I still think it's a two bid league. Yeah, um, and right now that would be yeah. FAU and South Florida. Yeah, because, yeah, just by the way the mechanics work, you've got to take the teams in first place and assume they're going to win the conference title. So, right. Uh, I mean, the conference tournament. Um, even though this thing is so wide open. Gate, even like, though I have so I have doubts about South Florida winning the conference tournament, even though they have clinched the number one spot. Oh, I don't, I, I don't have, I, I have serious doubts about, <laughs> right. about South Florida. Like, I, I, I think they're very good, and I think they're extremely well coached. But I also think that at some point, this Cinder—just my gut tells me at some point this Cinderella thing is gonna is gonna peter out. Um, but who knows? We'll see. But so I, I think as we sit here today, we're talking about a two bid, a two bid league. Um, 
and I just don't know. I don't like. I don't know if. Let's say you get Memphis in South Florida in the championship game, and Memphis has won eight games in a row leading up to that game, and they've gotten their, themselves up into the 50s in the net, and South Florida wins in the championship game. I'm not I, – I don't know, man. Like, that that sounds like three teams to me. Right. Yeah, I get, there's potential so, for that. I What, what – the South Florida thing, and I know you talked about the Cinderella thing ending here. So it has been so strange. I mean, they had a, they had a, they lost. They were two and four to start the season with losses against Maine and Hofstra and UMass. Yep. And then they get into you know conference play and just absolutely they're fourteen and one at this point. But they they got a nod into the top twenty five and they're eighty fifth in the net. And the Ken Palm wasn't much better. I think they were ninety three in Ken Palm when they actually got into the top twenty five. I, I like that is it's so strange, and I don't really know how to view them at this particular moment because I don't think a lot of people are putting them in that at large conversation in the slightest. I'm really sad. Like I'm actually I'm legitimately sort of bummed out that the top twenty five has kind of become meaningless. It, it really has. Uh, like as far as like you know, real meaning. I mean, I get that. I get that, you know, there's the, there's the, it's it's the um, institution of it. And it does still, even if it's got no teeth left to it, like it does still, you know, bring about a certain level of exposure and the casual fan pays it more attention to a team that it might not pay attention to. If, if it's got a number beside the name, um, but man, like, golly, this year has been really, really not good. Uh, <laughs> right. It's, it's been so backwards in a lot of ways. I mean, there was a time okay, when there was a point in time where somebody, there was a voter, and I can't remember their name or else I'd give it to you. There was a voter when, when Ole Miss was like 13 and 0. Mm-hmm. And their best win was against Memphis. Somebody was voting them number four in yep. the country. Well, what was it last like, week? There was a voter who voted fourteen and fourteen Arizona State as the number nine team in the country. And it just makes me <laughs> sad. It really right. does. It makes me really, really sad. So, I, to, to sort of bring it back around well, to South Florida getting votes and and whatever else, like I just. You, you, you just can't take that seriously because they are so far back in the net. And it's like, yes, it's great. They're being the teams that are on their schedule. And they are – they look good. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be a tough out in the AAC tournament. They're not an NCAA tournament team right now. Yeah, and – The only reason they are – the only reason they are is because they're in first place. Is there anything to fix the institution of it, though? That's what I'm getting at. Like, is it just too many damn voters? Is that what it comes down to? Um, I See, I don't – I haven't even uh, asked myself that question. I mean, right. you would think more voters there are, the more like you'd get a good average. Like you would, you would give yourself an opportunity. But I guess it's it's sort of a chicken or the egg thing because the more voters you have, the more likely it is, I guess, that you have too many voters who don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you fix it. 
Yeah, I really don't. I don't know how you fix it. Cause, but it, but it, it needs to be, boy. There, there needs to be some sort of uh, some sort of uh, checks and balances on that thing. Right. No question. Now, I, uh, I I I think I'm one of the only ones really discussing this. But how close of a shave could FAU make this for themselves? And I know that they're 21 and seven, and they're slated as an eight seed or nine seed in most places. But down the stretch of the season, this is not some easy last three games that they're going to have to deal with. Tulane, who's the best offensive yep. team in conference, have to go on the road against North Texas. We've seen that for the Tigers. That's not easy to do. And then they're going to have to deal with Memphis on their home floor, who they already lost to. If this spiral, I mean, if they lose one or two of those games, I, it's going to be a closer shave than, than we think about, than, than we're thinking at this particular moment, especially if they fizzle out in the American Athletic Conference tournament. I don't necessarily project that. But it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. I think if they lose one of their next three games, they're going to have to get to Sunday or have to at least get to Saturday. Um, they're going to have to at least win one game to not be on the edge of their seat on Sunday. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like I'm 100 with you. They, they, you know, they didn't do themselves any favors losing to Bryant and right. Florida Gulf Coast, obviously. Um, you know, they did some good things by beating Illinois and beating Arizona. But now, yeah. No, they lost they Illinois. They beat A&M. A&M. They beat A&M. Okay, so, so okay, they lost Illinois. Uh, they beat A&M. How's that looking? <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're sort of in the same boat with Memphis as far as that's concerned. Um, you know, that, that win is starting to, like, they're, they're sort of feeling – uh, Memphis's pain the last two years when Memphis played these teams that were supposed to be good, that were good in, in certain stretches, and, and then you get to the end of the year, and it's like, man, that is not helping you as much as you thought it would. Right. But, um, but yeah, like if, I think if FAU loses one of these next three games, they're going to they're gonna be in a really, really tough spot. And it's kind of you know, crazy to think about because it's been very quiet. Um, but who are their who are their conference losses to? I know they their lost conference. To lo- they had Charlotte. South Florida, uh, Memphis, UAB, and there's Charlotte. one of Charlotte. Yeah. So you know they're there again. You're not even. I mean, yeah, South Florida's number one. I get it. Charlotte's up there. You're. I think FAU and Charlotte are tied for second right now, and UAB is uh, also top four in the conference. Um, but it's. It just for for whatever reason, yeah. Like I said, it's been, it's been sort of a quiet, slow, gradual, not demise because they're still they're still they're still there. Uh, yeah, if the season ended today, they'd be in the tournament. But um, it doesn't end today. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. It doesn't, and and they've got more that 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 it, gives them more uh, the chance to. Now, something I've struggled with, and I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Well, they, they've underachieved. That's the that's the everybody's talking like in in that type of tone about Florida Atlantic. And I listen. Sure, losing to Bryant, losing games like that that they didn't lose last year, that is uh, that's meaningful to me. But in the grand scheme of things, they should have never been a AP top ten. They should never been the number ten team to start the year. And also. We would not be viewing it through that lens if they didn't make that final four run last year. And that was sort of, you know, spur of the moment Cinderella story. And if that doesn't happen, let's say Memphis were, were to beat them last year in the tournament, I, I, this still would be, what, their second best 
year in school history for a college basketball program yeah. at Florida Atlantic? Yep. Yeah. It would. It, it is crazy just how perception, how powerful perception can be, and and how much that on- how much that missed call, timeout call by from Jaden Hardaway last year meant to them in that run. Oh. And getting fairly Dickinson oh. in the second round, the butterfly effect off that is nuts. You want to talk about a butterfly effect? How about this? Uh, don't forget what happened a few minutes before Kendrick Davis panicked and had that ball intercepted uh, at half court. Um, he came down. He took a three. He shot a three pointer and came down on the dude's foot. Yes, and was was writhing in pain on the floor. <laughs> right, and then we we all remember that in the timeout right after that, there was a little shoving in the back from uh, Malcolm Dandridge. Yep, um, uh, and 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 so like, I believe had none of that happened, Memphis wins that game. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Davis, I think, I think was not in the right, you know, headspace. Because of everything that transpired leading up to that moment, Kendrick Davis is not making that play if he's right. Right. What I mean, physically and mentally, he is not making that turnover if he is right. And so, yeah, like there were so many things that had to go right, just right for FAU to get past Memphis in the first round. And they barely did that. So, no, you, you, you still do have to give them credit for what they did after they beat Memphis, but they were they were a controversial call away, a not even a coin flip controversial call. I mean, like I'm, I cover Memphis, but I'm not like saying that just because I cover Memphis. Like mm-hmm. that was a Memphis call timeout and should have been yes. awarded timeout. And if they had been, we're not even. You know, I, I don't I don't believe we're here. I think I think, you know, what if what if they give Memphis the timeout, Memphis wins that game and two or three or four or five of FAU's better players leave? What if Dusty May right. like you know, because they didn't go on this run. Like there, there yeah, there's a whole alternate So many there. things could have been different. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Now I I I, I wanna I wanna bring up one thing because we're running out of time here. Um, and obviously, I, I we can't speak too much on it because we're still waiting for details. But what can you tell me about the Malcolm Dandridge situation? I can tell you it's still pending. Right. Um, I know that. I reported earlier today that he um, will not play tonight. He is not on the trip to East Carolina. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, I've, I've confirmed that his status with the program remains unchanged, which... Uh, you know, the program made its announcement over the weekend that uh, he will be withheld from competition pending a review of his eligibility status. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of where we are yeah. uh, at this point. I, I, yeah, we're, we, we are still waiting. Just as Penny Hardaway said after they beat FAU, everybody's just waiting. And we're all, you know, we're all going to find out together at some point what, what you know, what the, what the outcome is going to be. Never a dull moment. Right. <laughs> oh, oh! I ran into John Fanta. Right. I ran into John Fanta. He's staying at my hotel. He's in town to uh, call. He's calling the Elon William and Mary game mm-hmm. tonight. And I just happened to bump into him uh, at my hotel in Raleigh, and uh, I introduced myself. And 
and, and, and everything. And uh, when I told him I covered Tiger basketball, he physically winced. He physically <laughs> winced. Like, like. He said, your job's you know, busy. You know, you, 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 you're yeah. always by the computer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Not not because, like, he's <laughs> right. like Memphis or whatever. Right. Like, he's got any ill will toward Penny Hardaway or anything like that. But he he felt my pain in that moment. Uh, <laughs> just how just how much there is to this beat. And I, I've been thinking about this the last few days. I I would not want it any other way. It is grueling. I even put that out on Twitter. It is it it, it is a very, it can be a very grueling grind um, from time to time. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would err on the side of having more to write about than less to write about. I'll give you that. I'll give <laughs> yeah, you that. Yeah, yeah. But Jason, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for hopping on. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.